There it is. There's that lovely sound. Yes, my friends. Welcome to another podcast. This is Chronicles of a Plumber. I'm Kenny Molotov. And let's bring in the bass. Here it goes. There's that kick drum that kicks off our conversation. Let the music cut out. How's it going? What you been up to? Are you ready for the holiday season? Oh man, it's been cray cray up in here. Um, but in case you guys don't know already, my name is Kenny Molotov. I am a plumbing YouTuber, professional magician. I also do a little bit of music. If you feel like checking all those things out, if you go down into the description below, you can see all the different things that I do there and all the different ventures that Kenny Molotov's on, which includes music, magic, and this podcasting channel, and also my vlogging channel. Um, you might be listening to this on YouTube. You might be listening to this on your favorite podcasting platforms. But in case you needed other ones, let's just jump into the internet real quick. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Kenny hyphen Molotov, you can find my podcast there. Anchor also distributes to a bunch of different podcasting platforms, which include Anchor Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can check those all out there. You can download it there. Whatever you want to do, but you got to look up Kenny Molotov, not Chronicles of a Plumber on those. If you go onto YouTube and want to see the video version of this, like this right here, uh, you just go onto Chronicles of a Plumber there. I hope that makes sense. What is happening, peeps? How you been? Today, by the way, is Thursday, December 21st, 2018. Kenny Molotov, you're doing a podcast on a Thursday? What's going on, bro? What's going on? Well, truth be told, it's been a little bit of an interesting week. We did some inspections this week. We did a bunch of plumbing. I played hooky this week, which is something I'm going to have to tell you about a little bit later. But as of yesterday, we finished the job site, which I'll show you a little bit later. And today, my dad, today's Friday. Did I say Thursday? Today's Friday. Excuse me. Friday, December 21st, 2018. My dad went to go pick up my sister um, and my nephew, and they're coming down for the holidays. Are you guys celebrating Christmas, or are you guys just taking the time off because you don't celebrate Christmas? Are you guys enjoying yourselves man so all of the all of those that are celebrating have a merry christmas happy new year to everybody and also those that aren't celebrating christmas i hope you guys get to relax i hope you get to chill spend time with family and friends if you get a chance you know what i'm saying just chill i'm sure you've been busting your butt all year trying to get life going and figuring it all out man now's the time just to take a couple of days for yourself play some of them video games if you're into that read a book you know get into it go do what you gotta do to get the mental health back to where it needs to be find your homeostasis you know what i'm saying that's the game plan at least that's what family does for me um not a lot of video gaming for me, I'm, I'm afraid to say, because I got a bunch of things I still have to edit. I have school starting in January. January 7th, I go back, and then I'm hammering out videos, and I'm also hammering out a bunch of studying. So, whew, it's going to be an interesting, interesting couple of, couple of months coming up. Oh, by the way, peeps. Do you guys want me to vlog the experience at school or do you want me to just put up regular vlogs that I do? Because I shot a bunch of vlogs in advance in order to sort of offset the 
and not to take two months off of YouTube, basically, so that you guys still are having content. Let me know in the comments below if that's something you want. Do you want me to just put up the plumbing vlogs, or do you want vlogs of me doing school as well? Is, is that an interest of yours? Because uh, that would great be a great source of information for me in order to know what sort of way to take the vlogs in the next couple of months. So let me know about that. But let's jump right into it, okay? The Kenny Molotov YouTube channel is sitting at 2,166 subs. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's happening right there. It's going up ever so quickly. Actually, if you feels like it's moving. I'm really proud of that. Last video I posted, which which was one that I reviewed in the last podcast, which was a day in the life of a plumber, um, how to size horizontal drainage pipes. Peeps, this video, it, I know I might be beating a dead horse here if you heard about this last week, but this video took me forever to edit because of the in-studio session that we did in there, uh, which is like 10 minutes long. So you got to check that out if you're interested in, in the theory side of plumbing and why we go three inch or four inch and whatever. And I talk about a certain problem dad and I encountered and how we ended up solving that problem and knowing where to run what size. So check that out if you haven't. Also, I'm shooting a Q&A today because at the beginning of this video, I do a call out for Q&A. So today's the day when I get to do it because I got a day off, peeps. So I'm going to shoot the Q&A today. I got a bunch of questions. I really appreciate you peeps doing that for me because that's always fun. It's always fun to interact and figure out what you guys are thinking. What what are you struggling with that maybe I've gone through already or maybe I'm struggling with as well and we could talk about it. So Super excited about that. I'll be shooting that later today and hopefully editing the crap out of it in order to get a video out very soon, very soon. I don't know when, okay? I don't know what kind of accent that was, but uh, it was a mix of things, I think. So check that video out if you haven't. Um, by the time this video comes out, I don't think uh, we're gonna. I'm going to be taking any more questions for the Q&A because I'm going to be shooting it right after this. But... Pop over to the Chronicles of a Plumber, uh, page 16 subs. What do you know? We got one extra subscriber as of a couple of weeks ago. I'm happy about that. It's kind of a sad number, but I'm proud about the people that are here. I appreciate you guys. But one thing I got to say is we got 32 views last week. That's something new to this channel. You know what I'm saying? That means people are watching, but they're not subscribing. What the hell's up with that? Am I right, peeps? And, and... I got to talk to you guys real quick, okay? If you go over to a video called Installation of a Urinal, which is this bad boy right here. Let me see if I can find it for you. Let me see if I can find it for you right here. If you go over to this video right here, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Sorry. Give me one sec. I'm going to find it. This guy right here, okay? If you check this guy out, I got a comment from a subscriber out there named... Kyle Fogel. Kyle, if you're listening, I want you to know I've been listening to you because Kyle gave me a really interesting piece of advice and I took him by his word, okay? So Kyle goes, another great video with one cringeworthy exception, tooth pliers on polished chrome. Invest in a pair of Nipex pliers wrench. You will not regret it. Kyle the message has been received. It went through the gerbil that's spinning this machine. And the gerbil kind of turned to Kyle and said, maybe Kyle's got a point. And lo and behold, 
Bum, bum, da, da. Yeah, bro. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're looking at a famous set of Nipex pliers right here. Look at these bad boys. Look at these bad boys right here. Now, Kyle, I looked up this wrench. They are ridiculously expensive, but I was like, I think... I think Kyle has a point, and here's the reason why. We have we have a set of pliers that we use that is like this. It's a finished it's a finished plier. It has no teeth on it, right? The only problem is is when you're dealing with that plier and you want to crank down on something, it's got no grip whatsoever. It's intended to have no grip because you don't want to mark up a finished chrome product, for example. So that's why I tend to go towards the tooth plier because I still got awesome grip and I find actually you tend to do a lot more damage with the not tooth pliers if you're cranking something away and it slips on you, then you end up totally ruining it. So what I used to do was in this video, I didn't do it though. I got to be honest. Kyle's got a good point here. What I tend to do was take a glove and wrap it around my tooth pliers right in here and then grab onto a finished chrome product and then crank it. That's what I used to do. And it works. You just got to be careful. You really have to take your time with it. But I looked these up because of Kyle's um, recommendation. And these guys are a badass pair of pliers. I got to tell you right now, I haven't used them yet. I can't. I can't really say how well they work in the field. I have a feeling they're the right thing, but these guys are a lot of pliers. That's the one thing I got to say. These things are heavy as hell, and it feels like a lot. Like, it feels like there's a lot of wrench here, like more wrench than I'm really expecting and ready for right now. So this thing has this push button right here that slides in and out like so. Um, it's got so many different tooth uh, settings right here. So you got a bunch of different sizes. This goes all the way up to an inch and three quarters. Made in Germany. Heavy as hell. I'm really excited about this. So Kyle, I appreciate the recommendation. I listened and I, and I got myself a pair. But I didn't just buy myself a pair. I bought dad a pair as well. And that's how this whole thing started. I was sitting back thinking to myself, okay, what do I grab dad for Christmas, right? Because we do a gift exchange. Now, here's the thing you got to know about my dad. My dad despises gifts, bro. Despises. If you get him a gift, more often than not, he just blasts you why are you spending money on me what the hell am i gonna do with this blah 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 but i got a little bit of a tell on my dad just a little bit of a tell here's the interesting thing about my dad that i noticed but i'm not sure i'm not sure like i need more uh information i need more data i need to try this out a few more times so normally dad blasts you and last year, what I ended up doing was buying dad a gift card to ProBass. Uh, ProBass, I don't know if it's an American company, so all the American peeps or, or, and the UK peeps, it's essentially a ginormous store for fishing and hunting. Huge, huge. Imagine a Walmart. If you've ever been to a Walmart, this is all fishing and hunting, though, okay? That's what this is, okay? So last year, I got dad a gift card because dad's been on this uh, – fishing craze this past summer and i 
I think it's just this summer, uh, and he's just gone crazy buying like rod after rod, bait after bait. Like he's not stopping this guy. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And then he kind of gave me a look like, Ken, what the hell are you buying me stuff for? I say, hey, hey, it was my wife. She said I needed to get you a gift. And dad couldn't argue, boy. That's the first year that's ever happened. So here's another little tell about my dad. And I'm hoping that with that data, I went out and I bought these pliers, okay? The ver- a couple of years ago, Dad, it was Dad's birthday, and I ended up going out and buying him a fishing rod because we were he was just getting back into fishing. And I popped over to him and I handed it to him, and Dad, it was the best reaction to a gift I had ever seen where he went, oh man, thank you so much. It w- it's never been like that. Normally, dad just blasts you and that's it. But this one, he reacted well. So I sat back and I thought to myself, maybe it's the fact that maybe there's an element of the gifts that people were getting him were things that dad's not really, you know, in love with in a sense. Like, I have a feeling that the reason why it went so well with the fishing rod is because it's a tool. Dad loves tools, right? So... I, I have a feeling that these pliers will be okay for him. In other words, let's just not tell him the price because if he finds out, guys, these were 80 bucks, bro. 80 bucks Canadian. This is not, and and to be honest, uh, I understand why this is $80. This is not a joke, man. There's a lot of parts to this. Like this is a, this is a beast of a wrench, you know what I'm saying? And I'm really excited to use it. Um, so I'm hoping dad doesn't react too poorly to this because because there's still a chance he's going to start blasting. But it's also small enough that he might feel like, oh, it's okay. It's just a small little wrench. We'll find out. We'll find out. So I think because it's a tool, it might work well for dad. Um, I can't. Guys, don't. Don't reach out to my dad and tell him what I bought him. Uh, that, that's all I'm going to say about that, okay? And uh, we're doing gift exchange Monday night. I bought my nephew a train set. You guys know the Polar Express movie? Well, there was a train set at Costco that was a Polar Express train set. And I was like, bro, if he doesn't want it, I'll play with it for sure. I got to get it. I got to get it for him, okay? So that was the game plan. That's what I got him. I got my wife something. I can't say right now. Because there's a very small chance she'll watch this video. And if she does, she's going to know. She doesn't even know I bought her things. We told each other we wouldn't buy. I I bought her literally something that's just a stocking stuff or something really tiny. Uh, I'll tell you guys next week. And we bought our mom stuff and her mom, my mom. And I got to get her brother something, my wife's brother. And I was thinking of getting him a game from EB Games, but I don't know what to get him. He just got Red Dead Redemption 2, and apparently he's going crazy with this thing, so I don't know what else to get him. I was thinking of buying him that, and then he went ahead and ruined that idea, Samson, by buying it himself. So that's the game plan. Uh, That's what Monday's going to look like for us. Uh, Let's talk about some plumbing, some serious plumbing. Let's go. So really quickly, Kyle, thank you for the advice on getting the Nipex pliers. I'm going to be using this on the Chrome from now on so that's what you're gonna see me do all right buddy i'm gonna give it a go like you were saying and then josh mcfake said a spud wrench and josh i took that i took that conversation seriously and i looked at the spud wrench but these look like some badass pliers that i had to try so josh if these don't work out you know i'm i got your back too bro i'll buy a spud wrench and try it out as well 
Let's talk about them plumbing things right here. All right. Do you remember last week we spoke to about a plumber named Plumber Salt? <laughs> well, uh, Plumber Salt just bought a rigid K50, which is what we go for. And I don't know if I told you, but Rigid actually reached out and said, uh, um, like they, they sent me a message going, you know, appreciate the support. So uh, I was doing a, a drain call this week and I was like, oh, look, like I remember Plumber Saul right away. So I sent Plumber Saul a message going, just finished this drain and automatically thought about Plumber Saul. Saul, how's the rigid tools? Hashtag K50 treating you. Um, and then Saul responded, uh, it's light. You can get in in tight places. And the best part, it kicks butt. And uh, that's exactly uh, their sales pitch, I think, because it really is a great machine. Uh, so let me show you what I was doing. This was Monday. We got called in. And where I went to was, I think it was a, what do you call it? it, it it's a semi-detached home. It was a really thin house, basically. And I think on the opposite side, opposite side of the wall was another house. So... The way this house was designed is you go inside and immediately on the left was a washroom. And that was the only water on that level. The gentleman was saying who owns the place that if you go downstairs, there's a laundry room, but at the opposite end of the uh, at end of the place. And he was having an issue with his kitchen drain. So you have water downstairs in the basement, but all the way at the end of the house. You have a washroom immediately as you walk into the house on the left, and then you have a kitchen above, and the kitchen's on the opposite side of where the washroom is downstairs. So you've got some interesting connections here, but the bigger issue is is that, see, when you whenever you're doing a drain call, what you eventually want to do uh, as you're sending the snake through is run water somewhere else ever so lightly. You want it to just trickle down a little bit so that you can get the water into the system. And once you're getting it in, you're doing two things. A, you're figuring out if the drain is clogged because if water starts coming up, you're going to say to yourself, okay, I haven't hit the blockage yet. Let's send in more snake. The second thing you want to do is start cleaning off the snake as it's coming out because it's going to come out all nasty and gnarly. So this is what ends up happening. I go upstairs, I grab the K50, and I got to go into this trap right here. And this trap is not a union trap. This is a glued trap. And Im immediately when you see stuff like that, you're hoping that it has a clean out. If it has a clean out at the bottom, you're it's a dream come true because at least you can get the snake in without cutting the trap itself or cutting the drain itself. And then you got to add parts to it. So as soon as I got upstairs, I started sending the snake through and it was giving me a hard time. I couldn't get it in for a little while. And then what ends up happening is, is you start hitting these twists and turns and all of a sudden I'm going, Jesus, there's a lot going on here. So I'm three or four in, three or four snakes coils in and, and the, each coils between seven and a half to eight feet, something like that. So I'm sending these coils through and I'm sitting back going, you know, I have no idea. I have not a single clue if I'm hitting what I need to hit, if I hit it yet. And that's the reason because I can't run the water as I'm snaking this thing. If I'm running the water, at least I'll know by it coming back up or whatever, right? So I had to send the gentleman down to one of the sinks downstairs 
uh, so that he can turn it on. Just let the water run so we'd figure it out. On top of that, sometimes you can feel where the blockage is, by the way. Sometimes your your snake is just going, and it's going so easy, and you're like, man, there's nothing here. And all of a sudden, you hit something, and you're like, man, there's it's, it's not going anymore. And then you hit it, it goes through, and then everything starts draining. So sometimes you can feel it, but there were so many twists and turns with this drain that I felt like I was hitting things the whole way down, right? So that was another thing. I was playing a little bit. Uh, it, I was in the dark quite a bit with this drain right here because there were so many twists and turns the way it was moving. I ended up sending in around six coils. I think, and I'm not sure, I think that I hit whatever it was at around four, but I sent it another 16 feet just to be safe. And then immediately when you send it, uh, you you get somebody to turn on the water so that the water's running and you just let that bad boy run as best as you can. And what I always do is I always ask them to put on the hot water just in case we're dealing with grease because if it is grease, what you really want to do is power wash it with hot water. Um, we just find that hot water does the job better. It cleans out that drain better than the cold water. It'll uh, soften up the grease a little bit with the hot water. And it won't take everything, but it'll start moving things along, which is always a blessing. So I always tell them to turn on the hot water rather than the cold so that they start, if we are dealing with grease, we're at least uh, starting the process and cleaning this thing out. I got to say, I think I've told you guys this before, but there have been a couple of drains that we've dealt with in the past where when you open up the drain in this house, it is almost equivalent to opening up the drain in a restaurant. Now, you got to imagine a restaurant's main business is constantly cooking food. So it's very common to find a ton of grease in restaurants because look, every single time they start cooking, they're putting oil in the pan. You got to you gotta oil that pan to make sure that you, you, nothing sticks to it, right? Um, Sometimes, though, you meet houses where it's like that as well, and that's when you gotta, gotta start thinking, how many people are living in this place? Because if it's a crew of eight people or ten people, then it's like, okay, I sort of get it. You're cooking for eight people. But if it's just a family of two, bro, they got some rich diet going on there, bro. They are living like kings and queens, man, eating up that deliciousness, and it's going all down the drain. So... I didn't have that issue with this house right here, fortunately. But what I did notice is as the snake's coming out, these little pellets are coming out. And it's not like a stone. It's more like a, it looked like a compound of sorts. It looked like a drywall compound or some sort of mortar or something. Not mortar is not the right word. Some sort of like compound. I don't know what else to call it. It looked like that was coming out. And the owner was like so you see anything i said well i saw this and he he was one of those guys well well we didn't drywall lately or we didn't do this we didn't that and then i had to explain to him well look this could be from years ago from before you ever bought this house i'm not saying you put it down there bro i'm just saying this is what i'm seeing uh coming out so this one took a little bit of time it took a little bit of time because you're getting a lot of coils in there um you're also trying to maneuver around these twists and turns i had a hell of a time getting the snake through those twists and turns it took a long time sometimes just to get into um 
some sort of bend that was happening. I think there were a lot of 90s, to be honest, rather than 45s. Not sure how this house was built, but it was not an easy drain. But K50 is the way to go. Um, if you don't know about drains, K50's a beast. It's a really tiny little thing. Look how small this thing is. It's a tiny little thing. Um, perfect for kitchen stacks. That's what Dad and I now use. In the past five years of working with Dad, we've had two or three callbacks where we're doing a kitchen stack with a K39, which is a handheld one that you send into a snake. And after the third call back, which was over a span of a few years, we were like, you know what, that's it. There's no point of even even trying with a K39. If it's a kitchen stack, new hard rule written in stone, K50 all the way. Because this thing will take care of it, and you can send it more than 25 feet. I think the K39 is around 30 feet or something like that, 25, 30 feet, which is a significant distance. But this thing can go up to – it can go as far as you have uh, coils, basically. And Dad and I, for safety purposes, have <laughs> – safety. Dad and I, for uh, convenience, I guess, have many coils. We have like – Anywhere between 6 to 10 coils. So we can send this thing around 80 feet if we need to, um, just in case. Uh, another thing I got to let you guys know is that the other day we went to a townhouse. And I wasn't telling my dad that it was a townhouse. Uh, and as soon as we got there, he, he grabbed me by the, the collar. And he goes, dude, you got to tell me if we're going to a townhouse. I go, why? What's going on? He goes, because somehow, sometimes... Uh, the way townhouses are designed is that you have a main pipe going right across all the townhouses. So if your houses are built like this and they're facing you, you have a pipe going through the majority of them. And I go, really? He goes, yeah. One time we had a clog happening and it was like four or five townhouses down. So they had to go through the toilet of where they're noticing the water, which was, let's say, unit one. And they had to send this coil, something ridiculous, like like 90 feet or something stupid like that. So luckily they had enough coils, in, but they kept calling guys to bring in coils. So they kept spinning this thing all the way down there. But that's one thing that uh, I got to mention out there, that if you're dealing with a townhouse, for example, you really got to worry about where that blockage is because you can have three or four neighbors that are not saying that they also have the same issue when they are having the same issue. So anyways, that's a little digression about uh, drains right there. Saul, if you're watching this, I'm really happy that you're enjoying the K50. What happened to your other drain machine though? Is it kaput? Is it gone? What would you do with it? Do you still have it just in case? Let me know. All right, peeps, let's get to... Let's get to the big job that Dad and I are doing. We went into inspection phase this week, uh, and I'll tell you all about that. Um, let's go through this. This is a before and after of it. I'll show you the before first, okay? Take a look. This was when the breaking took place and we had to do undergrounds. What I talked about this in the last one. What you're seeing here is a three-inch pipe. This is going to be 
uh, taking on a three-compartment sink and a two-compartment sink, and it's running into an interceptor. And like I was telling you guys last week, we failed the inspection at the beginning because we had a flow control plate that was underground, and then we opted to actually get two flow control plates that will put one for each interceptor. And the way the inspector this week was describing it was the interceptor itself is 50 GPM, 50 five zero gallons per minute basically so we need to make a cumulative i guess discharge rate of 50 gallons per minute which means that you can have one interceptor with a flow control plate that reduces it to 30 gallons per minute and the second one to 20 gallons per minute or you could do 25 25 but you shouldn't do 50 and 50 because that's 100 gallons per minute. Anyways, let's take a look at this video and I'll show you what the heck's going on here. So you're looking at me. I got a hose hooked up into this 3-inch. I'm testing the drains right now. I just want to make sure everything's running well and there aren't any things that I have to tweak or tighten or anything like that. So if you follow this down, that 3-inch pipe comes to this clean-out right here. This is to clean out the inlet of the interceptor like I was telling you guys last week. This TY that you're looking up up here is a... It's a vent for the interceptor, for the inlet of the interceptor, and here's the interceptor, and that's what you're seeing right there. You're seeing water pour through it, because I'm testing it. This water is going to come all the way up to this level right here on the other side, and uh, as soon as it reaches that height, it ends up going inside and then out the other side as well. And then that white pipe you're looking at is a floor drain primer, which is a conversation I have to top, have with you guys. Then you have another clean out on the outlet. And then if you look up here, this is a rough in for a mop sink. We changed the laundry tub to the mop sink. Uh, we ran two we ran the primer all the way to the wall and then these are the vents that go all the way up these are just vents right here you have one for the floor drain one for the interceptor and uh the third one floor drain interceptor and one for the mop sink itself okay and then it goes all the way up and that one goes all the way up there i didn't connect the vents at the top as of yet but that was the video okay now Here's something that happened this week that I need to talk to you guys about. We ended up having... Oh, hold on. Let me show you the after of this um, so you can see it all cemented up. Take a look. This is the opposite side of the of the restaurant, but this is all cemented. This is a double compartment sink. No, sorry. This is a back-to-back -back sink. Back-to-back -back vanities, I should say. Right there. All the vents that come up, this goes all the way up to the ceiling. And then here's the side that we were just looking at, all cemented up. Um, the guy that did this did a great job cementing, by the way. Really proud of him. Um, all cemented up, floor drain, interceptor, clean outs, and then the three inch and then the vent that comes all the way up. All right, that's the after. Here's the thing. Here's what I got to tell you. So we went into inspection phase this week, and here's a couple of things that happened. Uh, we had a new inspector, which isn't common. What they like to do is send the same inspector to the same job site because that person's been eyeing this the whole time. They know what happened underground. They know why the vents are where they are. They know everything, and they've done all the corrections with you. That way, I also think, this is just speculation though, that way if anything goes awry, they have one person to blame rather than a string of, of people. Um, so anyways, 
Inspector comes in, new inspector, and the reason why uh, it was a new person was because the other inspector was at some sort of training for something else. So that gentleman's going to be coming back eventually. And he sees the rough-in for everything, and I roughed in a a bunch of vents, which I'm going to be showing you later. And I was roughing in the vents for the double and triple compartment sink in conjunction with the vents for the flow control plates because the flow control plates require vents as well. And he came in, and the moment he saw our primers, do I have pictures of the primers here? I might have to stop just to show you guys the pictures of the primers. Um, I don't think I have a picture of the primers. Let me see. Do I? All right, okay. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here. Okay, so anyways, a couple of things that I need correcting. The first thing is, is we were running a primer the way we normally run primers, which is we have a 3 8 tubing. Uh, is it 3 eighths? Yeah, I think it's a 3 eighth tubing. Uh, and then we have, uh, that's right, okay. So it's a 3 8 clear plastic tubing that we run into the trap in and of itself, which is what you saw in the video. Uh, you put it inside the floor drain. You silicone it around. You have to drill a hole into the floor drain, silicone it around, uh, shove this thing in, make sure that it can bring water into it, and you run it to where the faucet's going to be. Then we take a quarter-inch tubing, which is copper tubing. We shove it as deep into this 3 8 tubing as possible, wrap it with some tape, and then gear clamp it, and you're good to go. Make sure you loop it, and the reason why you loop it is because if there's ever a circumstance where one of the cartridges is losing water, it's going to show. It's going to be dripping. If you don't, What's going to happen is, cleverly, it's going to be going into the primer, and you'll never know that you have a leak. So this was happening at my house that I'm living in right now. So anyways, so that was something interesting. So that's what we did. We were intending. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's where it got interesting. So a lot of times you meet inspectors, and the inspector has never been in the field as a plumber. A lot of times that happens. A lot of inspectors weren't plumbers to begin with. They just got into inspecting. That's that's just the career they chose, and you know they they enjoyed and and they're still knowledgeable, but they've never had to problem solve on the job and figure out how to do certain things, right? So this isn't every inspector. Some inspectors. The gentleman that comes in to inspect us this week was a plumber, and is a family of plumbers. So both of his boys were plumbers as well. He got on the phone with one of his sons who was at a job site. It was it was really, really interesting. So so the interesting thing about talking to a plumber is he knows exactly what you're running into. He knows, ex- he, like, he'll look at you and he'll know right away if you're full of shit or not. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Pardon the plumbing pun, if you know what I'm saying. He, This guy was on top of it, and he was looking at things going, okay, that's why you ran that. Oh, that. okay, that's what you're, oh, no, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was, it was talking to a person in the field, you know what I'm saying? And right away, you understood that he had the practical knowledge in conjunction with the theoretical knowledge. And, and it was really interesting talking to him because it's a completely different vibe. So this gentleman walks in, and he sees our primer. And he goes, okay, so what are you hooking up there? And we go, we're, we're hooking up a mop sink faucet, which is a, a wall-hung laundry-type faucet. 
but it's industrial. It's this big beastly sort of thing. And I'll show you the roughing for it that I did yesterday. And he looks at it and he goes, then he sees the primer and he goes, okay, I see what you're doing there. Uh, but here's the thing. In order for us to hook up the primer to it, we're going to have to drill the faucet, which my dad's good at, hook up the primer, solder that primer, and then you'll have that primer connected to that faucet. And he's like, look, this isn't what uh, we want to do. We want to do it a different way. We want to do it um, do it with a special device created for primers. And we're like, why is that? He goes, well, one of the bigger issues about using one of these faucets is that they don't provide the same sort of pressure as they would a laundry faucet for like a laundry sink, for example. And I'm talking about a different laundry faucet. I'm just saying not a commercial laundry faucet. And we go, why is that? He goes, well, the aerator, uh, there's no aerator on this thing, so it doesn't provide the same pressure as as you would need. And as soon as that he said that, I went, oh, that makes a lot of sense because here's the thing. When we use the other laundry faucets, they also don't come with an aerator, but whatever they come with – oh, actually – they come with an aerator that you can actually install to it. So all you have to do is hook that bad boy up. And you'll notice if you had a problem with your primer working before, you hook up this aerator and it puts enough pressure into the system that now all of a sudden your primer is going like smooth as butter. You know what I'm saying? So, so it was really interesting talking to somebody in the field because this is somebody that knows exactly what's going on has dealt with it in the past, and we had to use a Zern 1022. This thing is in my truck. It's a small little device just like so, and uh, I'm going to try to put this on the next podcast so you can see it because I, it's something important. I have never hooked one up myself. Um, this is a first for me. Dad's hooked it up, but he hooked it up in a way that this gentleman didn't want us to hook it up, and that's why Dad had a bad experience with it in the past. So here's essentially how the Zern 22 works. This is uh, a non-academic description, okay, peeps? Don't don't hold me to this, okay? Don't say, hey, Kenny Molotov's a professional. He said this. Don't, don't do this. I'm just telling you the gist I understand, okay? So don't quote me, okay? All right, here. So the way this thing works is it's connected to a potable water line. And every time you turn on the faucet, it's got this spring in there. And this spring is almost like a pressure relief valve that once pressure uh, builds up, this spring's going to shoot down and water's going to start going into it. So every time you turn on the faucet, this thing will open and water will run into it. And water drips inside, but you require gravity to take that water down and into the floor drain. So that's something to keep in mind that you require enough drop off of this thing so that it drains into the floor drain. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, and also that copper tubing that I had before, I had to rip that bad boy out. We had to go straight from the three eighths piece into a PEX piece, which will go into the Zern. So I'm going to put an MIP with a PEX connection. So you can actually buy these MIP PEX connection. I'm going to crimp that bad boy after I thread it in nice, and then it should work ever so beautifully. Never done it before. Definitely going to show you guys once it gets done. Um, but that didn't pass, so I needed me to come back for that. And then I'm going to show you a vent in a little bit. 
that I had to do and redo because of the gentleman because we put too many vents actually rather than not enough. So let's move on and then we'll get on to that conversation in a bit. Beulah, if you're here, if you're listening, girl, I appreciate your support. I ended up talking to Beulah. It's Beulah Walker, not Walker Beulah. Uh, Beulah was watching the vlog and she sent out a message going, hey, or watching the podcast going, hey, Kenny, thanks for the shout out, etc. And what I wrote here was has been, uh, Beulah Walker has been showing both my vlogging channel and podcast channel on YouTube. Lots of love. Just want to send some love back. Don't forget to follow her if you haven't. Uh, Beulah, like I was saying before, is a plumbing apprentice. Uh, she's been supporting both channels. Beulah, appreciate the love. Always, uh, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. If you're celebrating Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you're not, just make sure you rest up and enjoy yourself. Um, and again, thank you always for that awesome support that you've been giving us. Um, let's move on to the vents, okay? And I'm going to show you guys all the vents that this one coffee shop had to get. Uh, this is a restaurant, sorry. I keep saying coffee shop because that's what we do a lot more of those than, than we do restaurants. So here. But a coffee shop sort of is a restaurant because you need grease interceptors. Okay, that's never mind. Let's just keep going. What you're looking at here, peeps, is the mop sink installation that we did. You see this white tubing right there? That's 3 8 tubing. That's the one I was telling you that runs into the primer and you silicone into the primer, okay? Then you got these three vents. One is for the interceptor. One is for the floor drain and then one is for this bad boy right here this is a trap underground this is the mop sink trap you don't need to run a primer to this because you're going to be running this drain uh, quite a bit if you're mopping up the floors okay i'm showing you all the venting systems that we did in this place because i really enjoy doing venting systems i enjoy doing uh drainage systems too but something about venting systems i think because they're above ground and they're easier to install i go i go through them much faster and you also have opportunity to make them look kind of interesting not that i'm wasting material or anything like that peeps nothing like that so let's take a look all right, so this is the venting system that I'm about to start. So you're seeing black pipe here. This is ABS pipe, which is allowed to be underground all the time. You can always put ABS pipe underground. However, the moment it goes above ground is when you have to start dealing with regulations. Now, the regulations are that in a dwelling, which is a home, you're allowed to put ABS throughout the house. The moment you start dealing with buildings, ABS becomes restricted because of its fire rating, but also because of its potential toxicity to other people. When ABS burns, uh, it's got toxins inside it that can harm individuals if they're breathed in. I got into some flack with this with some other plumbers at some point saying that I don't know what the hell's going on. And then I did my own research and a lot of research pointed to the fact that it still does. So I, it might be still open to debate for a lot of people. You guys check it out. You figure it out. I'm just telling you what I learned. Even my plumbing teachers were telling me that the toxins from the ABS that are airborne, they can be harmful to individuals and even maybe be able to kill them uh, before the flames get there. That's on the side. Let's keep going. Okay, so now if you're going above ground because um, 
of the regulations with ABS. You're going to have to transition. There's a special transitional glue from going from ABS to PVC, and that's what I had to use on the couplings that you're about to see. So take a look here. This is the next phase. This is the vents going up. What I have to do is connect them above flood level rim, which is the level in which the water will start overflowing over the fixtures. I got to make sure these vents are connected up there. That way, if water rises that high, you're going to see it coming out of the sinks before going into the vent. If it's the opposite, if it's going into the vent before coming out of the sinks, then you have a problem where you won't know there's a cloggage. Okay. So if you look down here though, you're going to see a couplings on each of these pipes, which then transition to PVC pipe. What I had to do on the bottom portion of these couplings was put in this special glue I was telling you about, which is ABS to PVC. It's the, the color I got was white. Uh, you just, it, it's like anything else that that's plastic that you can glue, but you can get different, uh, different colors that do it as well. But don't forget to do that because I'm going to show you a three inch pipe where I put a coupling, a three, uh, yeah, the three inch coupling that I put that was PVC. I forgot to use the appropriate glue. So a minute later, I'm like, holy crap, I got to take this coupling off. And I'm like yanking like a maniac there. People are looking at me like, why is this plumber losing his mind? And I'm like, I got to transition this correctly. And I luckily got this thing out. And I think the reason why I got it out is because they don't bond. These two plastics don't bond to each other with that sort of glue. So I actually got lucky and I was able to correct that issue. But that is the vents for those three things, the, the mop sink, the grease interceptor, and also the floor drain. Okay, let's keep going. Here, this one I really wanted to show you because there's going to be two things that you're going to see. You're going to see this picture right here, which is actually incorrect. And then I did a correct installment of this fixture right here, which is um, something I'm going to get into in the future, into a video at the end of this. Um, what you're seeing here, peeps, if you don't see this, what I'm showing is a double Y and a double Y with two fitting 90s coming out of each of the two Ys on either side. And that is incorrectly installed. And in this picture that you're looking at right here, I didn't glue them. I was just trying to show the, the, the vent system. And then later on, I remembered dad didn't pass inspection once because of this installation with two fitting 90s. And the gentleman I was telling you about that was telling us to use the Zern 1022 primer came in and saw my installation and actually made a comment on, oh, you did it the right way. You put two fitting 45s into two fitting 90s. I'm going to show you in a bit. But what you're seeing here is um, three two vents and one drain. The two vents are for two different floor drains and I had to offset them a little bit so that I would not be obstructing the way of the double Y over here. It's probably better to start using double TYs to be honest. Oh, actually, no, I don't think you're allowed to use double TYs. You're only allowed to use double TYs on back-to-back -back fittings. Actually, I might be wrong. I got to look this up. I think I'm allowed to use back-to-back -back, uh, vanities with a double TY rather than a double Y. 
We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I'm going to do some research for myself, okay? But I had to offset these two so that I wouldn't obstruct the double um, back-to-back vanity right here. And then I, I connected it all above flood level rim. Now, you're probably looking at this picture going, Kenny, what the hell do you need so much plywood back there for? It's because we're going to have wall mount sinks. So... After I did this connection, I actually had to put another board on the front of these pipes as well so that we can mount a, a sink onto this without it falling to the ground and shattering into a million pieces. So that's the second venting system. And then here's the three inch that I was telling you guys about. And this one was a really interesting connection. And I'm going to tell you the way the inspector asked us to correct it because the way I showed it initially is I had w a lot of vents but here's the way it looked okay so this is the the three inch that I told you about that coupling just now that was uh not use using the right um cement for it <clears throat> so this is the way it was going to look I okay another thing another thing we were intending to use a double y on this as well however the inspector looked at the double Y and said, you can't use it on this uh, on this fitting. It won't work. The reason why the double Y doesn't work is because of the way uh, the Y in and of itself is designed. When you're draining it, it obstructs the drain and you won't get proper flow. And especially when you're already dealing with flow control plates and whatnot, this drain is going to be even slower because the the vent is not accessible the way it's supposed to be. So he ended up telling us to come back with two TYs, two three by three by two TYs. And that's the installation you're going to see here. But when we when he came in for inspection, he gave us the correction of doing the primer differently. And he also gave us the correction of doing this double Y. That's why uh, we failed inspection this week. However, he came back the following day after I did this uh, connection right here and he passed everything. So we were good, good to go. So take a look. So there's that coupling I was telling you that I fought with. Uh, and then I cemented it correctly. And this is what the drainage system ended up looking like. Drainage and venting system ended up looking like after. So here's what you got to know. Two sinks, right? You have a triple compartment on the left. You can have a double compartment on the right. We ran all pecs. Oh, one more thing. One more correction that he made us do is that dad and I use copper clips when we're supporting PEX pipes because we like copper clips because we feel like they're actually supporting. I know PEX has that, um, they have those black clips that you have that you bang in with a hammer. We've used them in the past, but I don't know. Dad and I aren't a fan, basically. So we use these copper clips. He saw our copper clips and he goes, you're not allowed to do that. Either rip them out, get the other ones, or wrap them with um wrap them with tape he goes because these things will chew at this pipe as it's going through and as we know <clears throat> as water distributes through a pipe the pipe moves ever so lightly and before you know it these clips will chew chew it out so that's good to know i wrapped all those bad boys so if you look at this picture and you look ever so closely you'll see copper clips with um with uh i put um electrical tape over them so here's what you're looking at triple compartment sink on the left double compartment on the right i had to put these two drains at two different 45 degree angles right the way i do that is i shove in a pipe and i shove in a 45 on top of that pipe right so that i can now angle 
this fitting, this this three by three by two fitting to see whether or not it is parallel with the wall. And the moment I get parallel with the wall, I'm good to go. That's where I glue it. And I did that on the one above as well. So as you're seeing here, this three inch pipe now reduces to inch and a half and goes all the way up. And that's the vent. That vent will be distributing for both the double and the uh, triple compartment sink. On the right hand side of this vent, you're going to see an additional vent. This vent is for the flow control plate for the double compartment sink. And when he came in for the final inspection, he looked at it and he went, you might want to raise this 90 right here because the flow control plate is pretty big. Or sorry, the flow control, yeah, it's a flow control fitting. He goes, it's pretty big, so you're going to have a hard time connecting into that 90 right there. Just make it a bit higher. And that's what I ended up having to do. And then to the left of this, you're going to see another uh, this is another vent, but with a bunch of 45s. I got four 45s. You got one offset down and another offset in. And I had to do that because when we were running a double Y initially, uh, we had to make enough space for things to get into the Y. I didn't need to afterwards, but it was already there. And I was like, okay, instead of spending more time redoing this drain, let's just keep the the Y, the 45s the way we need. And then you have one final vent that goes all the way to the left and down, and that is for the flow control plate on the triple compartment sink. Now, here's one thing I got to tell you. Normally, when you rough in an interceptor, especially if it's underneath the sink, you need two more vents on this already busy venting system. So I roughed in an additional vent on the right and I roughed in an additional vent on the left. So I had vent, 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 uh, drainage with a vent and then vent, vent. <laughs> I had a lot of vents. And when the inspector was looking at it, he goes, what the hell are we doing here? I go, well, you have one vent just to protect the trap and then you have another vent that goes into the flow control plate. And as soon as I said that, he went, oh yeah, okay, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. And then he looked at... Uh, and then he calls us a couple hours later and he goes, you know, guys, I actually looked this up. There's way too many vents going on here. We're getting uh, we're getting out of hand. He goes, we're already so close to the drain in and of itself that the trap is protected uh, with the vent that is going into the drainage system. So you actually should be okay. Rip out two of those vents. You don't need to waste more pipe than you need. So thankfully he did that. And then it came out to look like this because... I was running a ton of vents, let me tell you. And the reason why this complication is occurring is because the interceptor is under grade. Normally, we put interceptors underneath sinks. That's how Dad and I have connected for the past couple of years. So this is the first time that we have an interceptor underneath the floor or, or level with the floor. That's the first time we're doing it. And that's why a few of these complications are coming, uh, coming around because normally we rough in a certain way for uh, the interceptor. So there's been a lot of learning here. Dad and I spoke about it yesterday. Uh, you know, I think I told you guys, Dad did not price this thing well. Uh, he, where he really lost money was on the breaking side of things. For some reason, he committed to the breaking um, and it was incorporated in the price or some shit. So Dad screwed up there. So he was super stressed that week. He was blasting me like you wouldn't believe. We were not friends. I did not like that man. That man, yeah, I 
I can't say what I'm thinking because <laughs> it's bad. But I I didn't I didn't like it. I I didn't like him at all. I I was doing a bunch of service those couple of days, and I was happy because every time I saw him, I felt like grabbing him by the collar and just giving him a piece of my mind. You know what I'm saying? So dad was super stressed during that phase. But yesterday we're talking, and he goes, you know, I'm really happy we took this job. And the moment he said that, I knew right away what he was about to say next. He goes, because... And, and I finished the sentence. I said, because we learned a lot. He goes, yeah, exactly. We learned a ton. We're learning a new way of doing the primer. We learned how to rough in the interceptor. We understood what it takes to, to do braking. We understand the tools involved so that if dad and I really need to, we can go out and get the tools that we need and, and do it ourselves if it's a smaller job or whatnot. Um, we learn about this interceptor quite a bit. Um, and I, I agree. Even though this... This coffee shop or this restaurant's taking a bit longer than we expected. I'm also really enjoying it because of those aspects in and of itself. The more you learn and the more inspections that don't pass, the like th- those things stick with you. If it doesn't pass, you sit back and, and it really kind of sets into the mind and makes you go, okay, let's not forget to wrap those clips uh, next time. Let's make sure that if the grease interceptor is underneath the ground, we don't need this many vents. Oh, this primer can't be like that because of this sort of faucet and whatnot. So I'm having a lot of fun. And uh, when you meet uh, inspectors that are knowledgeable like this gentleman was, it's 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 a tremendous amount of fun because they're giving you, man, they're giving you so much gold, right? And I, I got to be honest, I think I hit a soft spot with this guy the moment he walked in and that's because he goes, I go, you, the plumbing inspector. He goes, yeah. I said, uh, okay, perfect. He goes, you, Patrick and Patrick, my dad's name is Pat, but with his Russian accent, people don't know his name. He says, bud, but, and they think he said, they, he's saying pad. So I, one day I go, dad, just say Patrick and everybody calls him Patrick now. Um, so the moment I, I go, no, no, Patrick's my father. He's right over here. And I think I hit a chord with him because he's a family of plumbers as well. So he was really, really kind to, to slow it down and, and take us through it. Um, when you meet inspectors like this, they're giving you gold, man. They're giving you everything you need to know. Um, you know, and especially if you're open to learning like dad and I are, and we really try not to be defensive at all. It comes across sometimes as defensive, but Overall, it goes really well. We had a great time with them, so we had a lot of fun with this. I want to talk to you quickly about the double Y situation, though, but we're going to have to watch this video first. All right, let's get to the video, okay? So here is the venting system, its finale. So once I sent all those vents up vertically, then you have to have one pipe that goes across the entire uh, the entire restaurant that picks them up. And this this pipe right here is the vent that's going through that eventually goes up to open air. So check this out. We're running XFR here. And we also learned that there are a couple of, basically we shouldn't run XFR. We could have run system 15. If you have ceilings, if you have drop ceilings, you're going to need XFR. But for the most part, uh, you can run system 15. If you also have a return air, you're going to need XFR as well because that return air, if something's burning, is going to be sucking in uh, 
those chemicals and distributing it to the rest of the uh, complex. So take a look. So I'm running it across here, and then I pick up this back-to-back -back sink like I showed you before, but I'm pausing it there. I'm pausing it right now because this is the rough-in that I was telling you that I initially put the 290s, but I actually corrected it after because I remember Dad failed inspection with one of these. I put two fitting 45s and then two fitting 90s because the two fitting 90s, when you put them in, they come up so high that they are at the same level of the vent, which means that if it's draining, it'll be obstructing the vent essentially. And if that occurs, then you're going to have slow sinks forever. So by keeping it at a fitting 45 that goes inside, it stays at the same level just underneath the vent, which means that when it drains, the vent is still accessible. And this inspector made a comment about it. He goes, this is actually the right way to do it. Well done, because a lot of people get this wrong. They put two fitting 45s. So let's keep going. And if you look up here, I ran the vent. There's the gray pipe. I'm running it all the way across. And here I pick up the mop sink vent, the grease interceptor vent, and also the floor drain vent. And then all the way to the right of this is the final vent. So the vent right at the end of this video basically was the vent that I showed you with the grease interceptor connection and the two Ys that went crisscross. It was this one right here. That's the one that I connected uh, at the end there, but um, I only ran a Y to the left and a Y to the right. But because I was already doing the vents, I didn't want to have to get back on a ladder and get going at it once I did this connection. So I connected it one time and, and that was it. And let me show you the rough-in to the faucet that I had to do, the one that uh, Dad was in initially going to drill but was actually asked not to by the inspector. So I ran hot and cold over here in PEX, and then I hooked up this laser. I see all these lasers on the Instagram, and everybody's using them, and we have one, but I just don't do enough connections uh, with lasers that I need them. So this was a perfect opportunity to hook one up and find the center of my um, wood right here. And that's why I had a, that's why I brought it out to begin with, because now I got to find the center of the drain, but I didn't have a really sturdy, solid place to measure from in order to know whether it, it was in fact in the center of it. So by hooking up this laser, it sort of solves the issue right away. I start lining everything up. I do an eight inch center. Um, and then all I did was hook up these two MIPs. Oh, sorry. These are two shower 90s. And I've heard uh, plumbers call them wings. Wings? Yeah, two shower 90s. And uh, I hooked them up, connected the pecs, and then right at the end, before pressurizing, you put in uh, two of these nipples with caps, and you are good to go. So, peeps, um, this is the last podcast before Christmas. I hope you guys are enjoying the holiday, doing whatever you can to uh, rest up and get everything that you need to get done, which hopefully is just rest. I hope you guys just get to chill and spend time with family and all that jazz. Um, that was a whole week of plumbing. My name is Kenny Molotov, YouTube plumber, magician, musician. Check me out down below. Check out this podcast on YouTube and on any of your podcasting platforms. 
Happy holidays, and I'll see you guys before the new year. Thanks for watching. Kenny Molotov, guys. Peace, baby.